Welcome to the Breaking Bots Podcast. Please put on your safety goggles, tighten your seatbelt and enjoy the ride. Here are your hosts, Brian and Cam. Alrighty folks, and we are back. And our guests this week, no stranger to the podcast, but uh, they have a new-ish endeavor, I would say. Yeah, um, we're welcoming them back. Uh, first of all, we've got um, our first four-time guest uh, from Team Red Devil and All Black Robotics. Um, it's I always get I always turn into an annoying white guy when I say his name, but Ravi Babalal, how are you tonight? Four times a charm, man. Yeah, welcome. Hey, got it. He he broke the tie between um, himself, Hal, uh, the huge guys, and Jen Herkenroder. Yeah. So, uh, one of our favorite guests, so we had to have you back before the season. And um, again, we don't think this is necessarily a spoiler, but new teammate, um, formerly and probably in the future again of Bale Spear from Forge and Farm Robotics, Earl Pancoast. Earl, how are you tonight? I'm good. Doing well. Doing well. Good. Is it? Uh, where's it colder at right now? Jersey or Canada? I, I would definitely say Canada. <laughs> yeah, we actually yeah. got up to like 62 today somehow. Not to brag, but it's going to be in the nineties nice. later this week. I'm fat. That's not a brag. Yeah, it's it's true. <laughs> I know, I'm kind. I'm not looking forward to it. No. So, um, I guess I'll dive right in. Um, so, Robbie, tell us what led you back to Red Devil again. Uh, we know you had um, a couple of seasons ago. You uh, took Red Devil as a loner and um, had some success with it, and, and also then, broke it into pieces. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, so it took last season off, but uh, now we're back with Red Devil. So, what was uh, what led you back this time to Red Devil? Well, you know, when we took Red Devil to BattleBots, I had a lot of fun with the saw and the claws. I, I thought it was a really nice way to fight. Uh, the robot was kind of doing everything I felt a BattleBot should do. It was brawling, it was staying alive. Uh, it was getting these wonderful sort of back and forths between shoving and pushing and grabbing and sawing. And I felt that was really uh, conducive to how I thought BattleBot should fight, and I really kind of fell in love with that that ecosystem of, of robot and the way it kind of grabbed and then saw it and that sort of thing. Um, then, of course, we went uh, joined Jerome with Team uh, Golden Dragon in China and that's King of Bots. We fought with that robot a little bit more, and I kind of started thinking about it a little bit more and fell in love with it a bit more, and uh, that's when Jerome you know, kind of dropped the ball on me that he was retiring from the sport. And uh, he's going to you know, move on to greener pastures and build things that don't get destroyed with, you know, better return on investments and better timelines and pretty much hundred percent better every way you look at it. Um, and that with that, he was retiring golden dragon. He was retiring red devil and we got talking a little bit and he, he offered to, uh, essentially, you know, give me the red devil robot name and all that stuff. And I sat on for a little, a little bit, and I knew I wanted to bring up a new battle bot and do something with battle bots again. We had a couple of designs floating around. You know, one was uh, Obsidian, one was Fulcrum. They're both kind of built on this universal platform of Briarfrain with, you know, interchangeable weapons uh, for different competitions with different um, components. And one of them, of course, was a saw with claws because it was something I'd already fell in love with. Uh, so when the opportunity came up, I sat on it for a few weeks, maybe a month or two, and then I, I took them up on the offer and we ended up, in a way, sort of... Um, buying off the Red Devil name and franchise and a bunch of the parts off Jerome uh, in order to get Red Devil 2020 started. Um, in the end of the day, it was a robot I kind of wanted to build and work with anyway mm-hmm. uh, because I had loved the weapon system. And it was honestly easier to take over a franchise like Red Devil and get sponsors and get the you know recognition of the ball rolling than it was to try and kickstart a brand new franchise. So... Okay. That's kind of how this all ends up happening. Well, nobody can take away from Red Devil the fact that it is definitely one of the cooler looking robots, and and a nice color scheme and everything. And yeah, I'll touch on. We've uh, we've seen some teasers as far as the new logo is concerned. So I'm going to ask later about potential swag because it's uh, I don't know it's pretty cool design so far from what I've seen as far as the logo is concerned. Now with the bot. We have not seen much yet. We'll, uh, you know, monitor Facebook for that. But I guess you've kind of answered a question of mine that I had was, 
is this going to be the Red Devil from 2017, or is this a complete rebuild? So this is a complete rebuild. Okay. Uh, we went in from the ground up and did a complete redesign. Uh, we tried to, you know, use the same design language as Red Devil uh, from 2017. We tried to use the same design language as Golden Dragon, so we kind of carried forward a lot of what people knew and what people liked about the robot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did things to make it more serviceable, easier to replace parts, and uh, more robust in a few ways. We really thought Red Devil was a cool robot, and it looked cool, and everyone loves it, but it's not super effective as a combat robot. It's like Mechadon. It's more of an art robot than a combat robot. Hmm. Uh, so we wanted to try and transition the design language and the robot and the geometry and the weaponry and all that into something that was a little bit more competitive. Okay. Uh, it's not an apex design, which is like two wheels and a drum or something like that, or you know, a, a tombstone type spinning bar. So it still retains a lot of what people love about it, but it's hopefully, fingers crossed, going to be more effective as a fighting robot. Yeah. Hmm. Now, Earl, we met you in Orlando at the Maker Fair where, where we met a lot of guys. Uh, we saw the next version of Balespear. Um, it may or may not sh- have something in common with Old Red Devil. How did you guys get... Uh, hooked up to become teammates for this season? Well, uh, we've, we've been uh, working with each other, at, or we see each other every Motorama. Um, but the 2018 season when uh, Red Devil was there, um, when you know, I would come over and help those guys out when they needed some help and bring some tools that they needed that they just didn't happen to have. Um, yeah, we've been good friends ever since then, or even before then, really. Um, I I applied with Bale Spear for 2020. Um I was offered a pay your own way spot and I'm just not a I'm not in a position to fork out that money again this season. Yeah, who yeah that's a long trek for you. Yeah, I also I don't have I don't have the time to take the extra week to drive, which saves me thousands versus flying and shipping. Oh, I hear that. Yeah, totally. And um so yeah, I mean you've gone from uh so now I don't know how much you've gotten hands on with the new Red Devil, but what ex- what do you think you're going to bring to this team this season? Well, I'm pretty much here to fix it in post. I mean, I'm the uh, I, I, I'm the farmer. I'm the one that makes everything run with a piece of bailing twine and a duct tape. You know, <laughs> I, I'm there. I'm there for the pits mostly. I am heading up in uh, two weeks to go give them a hand, but uh, they're doing most of the building, and then I'm going to have to do most of the triage. So, <laughs> so basically, the other teammates they do stuff when everything's going right, and you're in there for when things go wrong. Uh, that's how I see it. Maybe uh, ask V what his opinion is, but <laughs> yeah. So, Robbie, does that I mean, mean every that... team needs a farmer? Every team needs a farmer. Yeah. Now, if he's just addressing wounds, does that mean that you hope Earl stays not busy at all during your time at BattleBots? Oh no, he'll be busy. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. So, um, if yeah. he's not busy, that means we've lost and gone home. So he's going to be busy. All right. We'll put him to work. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I mean, I've. You know, now being at a couple of tournaments, I realize whether you win or lose, there's always something to do when you get back to the pits. So, um, 100%. Yeah. So now, Earl, again, I guess we'll, uh, we'll, t- we'll talk about Bale Spear for a minute here. We got to see, um, Bale's pair or Bale Spear 2.0 at the Orlando Robot <coughs> Ruckus. Um, super cool looking with those monster truck tires. Hell yeah. Had some success there early. I think you fought the, uh, was it the Cheese Bots? Yeah, mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Okay, and um, yeah, I got to see the spear up close, and I saw it poke a couple. It kind of made Swiss cheese out of mac and cheese a little bit there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I said, yeah, it was uh, definitely improved over the 2018 spear. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of work. Um, apparently, not enough to uh, impress the selection committee, but uh, I thought it was a lot better than the original 2018 version. Yeah. See, I was kind of you know I thought the monster truck tires kind of added something a little bit different that i haven't seen a lot of i mean maybe a little bit in yeti but um so uh, those tires are way cooler than yetis yeah that's what i'm saying so i guess well, i guess we'll get to the bad part um you had your fight against the uh crusty grab where i mean i guess breaking up was hard to do uh it almost yeah, kind of happened in slow motion <laughs> yeah <laughs> So I mean, they, des- they decided I split. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so unfortunately, it kind of left you without a ton to do that weekend. But did you still have fun on your trip down here? 
Oh yeah, all the stress and worries over once it ripped in half. I went, yeah, I'm not fixing that. And then it was, uh, <laughs> oh, I, I guess I'll go see what else is at this fair. Oh yeah, yeah, you probably got <laughs> to see more of it than we did. Yeah, yeah, the uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that didn't help me with the selection committee. You know that that frame was a temporary prototype made out of aluminum. And I was learning to TIG weld, which, by the way, don't ever do that uh, on your combat <laughs> robot. It's a bad time to learn. <laughs> oh, geez. Now, did you at least – you got in one of the panels, though, didn't you? Yeah, I was up there for the unique weapons with um, three other spinners and uh... – <laughs> oh. And I didn't venture yeah. over there until Mammoth versus uh, – who the hell was that? Gruff. Gruff. Apparently Gruff, the best fight yeah. of the weekend. Yeah. And I was doing that damn panel. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. So um I guess again we're not going to you know, we'll wait and see on the uh design on Red Devil. Can you give us a little bit about what's gonna be different with uh Red Devil twenty twenty versus twenty eighteen? Are we gonna have the same weapon or is it gonna be a little bit different this time? Um so what you'll expect is we'll still have the saw. Okay. Um what we wanted to do this year was we saw it worked quite well for us at BattleBots season three in 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously it worked quite well in season two against, you know, Witch Doctor and the Robots Lifetime. Yeah. But the time to kill, as we call it, was incredibly slow. So if we got somebody, you know, captured in the claws, in order to get the saw down and to actually start penetrating armor, be it, you know, titanium or steel or what have you, it took a little too long for our liking. Mm-hmm. And uh, quite frankly, the Spark Show wasn't as impressive as we felt it could be. So this year, what you'll see is something with a lot more horsepower behind the saw. Um, and we actually just brought on uh, Lennox Tools as one of our main sponsors this year. Uh, Lennox makes these amazing Metal Max uh, saw blades, and they're you know they're all diamond coated and the demo blades, and they're used for you know ripping I beams for structural steel apart in you know a few seconds. And they also make some really nice carbide blades. Uh, for slightly different materials. So we brought them on board. Uh, we really beefed up the horsepower behind the saw. We really strengthened that whole assembly and uh, designed in such a way that once we get somebody kind of cornered or grabbed, mm-hmm. uh, our time to kill should go you know, through the roof. It should be a lot easier to saw the other guy in half. Is really what we're after here. And make uh, a much larger display of the sparks and the, the theater of the whole thing, um, which is, I think, a pretty important aspect of the robot. And I think that's why perhaps it is so well loved out in the community because it is, um, you know, it's a robot that puts on a show essentially every time it fights. Now, is this going to be another modular design? Like, are we going to end up with uh, two robots running around in the arena, or is it is it all one <laughs> solid piece this time? Well, uh, during the Valkyrie fight, what you know what happened was uh, there were four bolts that hold each one of those drive pots in the main body, and uh, nobody told us that drone doesn't like Loctite. So he doesn't use thread locker on his robots or locking washers or anything. Mm. So you actually have to tighten those bolts after every fight. Uh, and he didn't tell me that until we were in China together. And he's like, oh, yeah, I see the <laughs> bolts tighten every fight. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he could have told us that. Anyway, so the whole robot was held together with four bolts. Uh, this year, the robot's held together with two bolts. So I think we're good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> sure. No, I mean, I saves weight. And we did see last Big season with, with saw blades and Scorpios. We we saw some success with the saws that, like you know, they've kind of picked it up a little bit in the last few years. So I think it's something where it gives the crowd a lot of what they want, which is a show. Uh, but in addition to that, like I said, you know, a, a few years ago, I kind of questioned like, are, are these mostly for show, or is there actually some uh, killing component to it? I think we saw this last season that um, you know the sawbots can bring it as far as uh, you know damage is concerned too. So I'm eager to see you know what's new on it, and I'm eager to see you guys in the uh, in the arena this season too. Um, was the application process being that you were behind kind of a brand name already fairly simple this season with uh, BattleBots? Oh, um, I don't know how it? much I should give away. Huh. All right, we can skip that. So, um, you got it. Yeah, so we, did the application. Mm-hmm. we did the application. Um, it was kind of last minute because I had a ton of other things going on. Um, our, our main application was kind of Facebooking Greg Messenger, using Facebook Messenger, sending him a couple of renders of the robot and just saying, hey, I'll, you know, we'll do the application on the road, but here's the thing. Do what you got to do. 
Okay. And uh, that sort of got the ball rolling but until we could actually fill the paperwork and that sort of thing. So it was it was fairly um, straightforward, I think. You know, we said exactly what I told you. It's going to be the same design language. It's going to be the same weapon system. Uh, we're just adding beef to the frame. We're adding, you know, horsepower to the weapon system. And we want to make the robot just more competitive, uh, easier to fix, easier to service. I don't want people spending seven hours replacing a stupid chain every time we fight. So that's just the whole base of the robot. And all in all, that seemed to go over fairly well. Um, we were fortunate that we didn't have to submit a video and that, you know, application video and that sort of thing. Uh, I really just linked a couple of our fights and a couple YouTube stuff that has found its way um, on the internet. And that was sufficient. So it was fairly painless, if not a bit of a rush because it's just, you know, right now things are absolutely insane at work. So uh, I gotta, I gotta say it was, I feel for the new teams who had to jump through a lot of the hoops. Uh, we were very lucky that uh, they were able to kind of look up to a blind eye with the uh, the maybe lackluster application for us this season. <laughs> well, I guess having the veteran status has something to do with it. Yeah, right? I don't. I don't think Paul is uh, you know sending in a video of bite force or anything. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I would be surprised. <laughs> do you? I, I know you probably don't know yet, but do you think it was? Um, as far as the new teams were concerned, extremely difficult this season to maybe get a vertical spinner in there? Yeah, you know, I was expecting them to have a lot more of these just generic, you know, vertical spinners and stuff, but they seem to have done a pretty good job of taking a gamble on some weird, new, funky robots. Of course, we still have, you know, the Apex design of two wheels and a drum spinner or something like that. Yeah. Um, there's been a couple of questionable applications of, you know, that's just a basic, basic robot. But uh, this year, it looks like from what they're leaking uh, in terms of the, um, the BattleBot supporter network mm-hmm. that there's some pretty cool robots that got in this year that usually, you know, three seasons ago, they would have never taken a chance on. Interesting. Now, what do you guys think about the whole... Uh... I guess mobility weight bonus to uh, the teams like making a Walker bot. They're getting extra weight to put into their robots. Earl, you want to take this one? I, I have some opinions, but uh, you haven't talked for a while. What do you got? <laughs> I, I mean, with the difficulty involved and seeming like they're not giving a bonus for shufflers, basically, it's got to be in their opinion, an independent mechanized walker. Uh, Yikes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's a lot of weight to deal with when you design to fight 250-pound robots, right? You you, you figure you got to be able to push 500, your own weight in theirs. Now you're up into the, you know, yeah, I'm really good with math. Like 375, um, something like that? Right. Yeah. Oof. Well, I'm saying 750, your weight, their weight, and then... Yeah, true. Well, I mean, up up to double weight would be five hundred. Now we don't know. You know, there's a couple of people teasing walkers. We have no idea whether they've gotten the full weight bonus or you know that that's to be determined, I guess. And they still have to work. They're super complicated. <laughs> yeah, it right. I just wasn't sure the tech was there yet for that. Unless you're like working for you know like the army or something like that and have access to just millions of dollars of uh, you know technology to burn there. I just wasn't sure anybody could make one that would be competitive yet. But I could see it being a pain in the ass if you're, you know, having to deal with that much weight. Yeah. Robbie, you sound like you're dying to say something. (laughs) (laughs) I think the tech is there. And it's feasible. It's just how much are you willing to put into it? Like, I think our best chance of seeing a proper walker this year is probably chomp based on what they've been releasing. Um, but quite clearly from the machining and the, the stuff they've shown, chomp is probably going to hit like a hundred thousand dollars in machining and her, her manufacturing cost and time and all that and design time. Yeah. So you have to be a special breed of builder. First of all, which is, you know, team chomp, obviously their engineering prowess is something godly. And then of course you have to have the, availability to build the thing like you know, the machinery time or the sponsors or the cash or what have you so it's it's such a harder barrier for entry to build a walker than it is to build you know a wheeled robot or a track robot or whatever have you so the tech's there it's just it's not really accessible to everybody um it may never be who knows but 
is can it be competitive? Depends how you build it. Hexapod with the giant, you know, turret hammer with an electromagnet in the belly or something. Mm. That's probably going to be competitive. Is it going to flop over inside again? Probably, but I guess we'll see. (laughs) And I got to imagine it's not going to be easy to fix if it runs into something like Tombstone. I can't imagine self writing would be easy, but yeah, I. All right, yeah, that was that's going to be an interesting, uh, you know, thing. I know um, Julia said they tinkered around with the idea and then just kind of scrapped it and went with ferocity. So I, I, I can see some teams being interested in it. If if anyone's going to do it though, I could see like Chomp Team doing it because that's kind of they always seem like they were a little ahead of their time, so to speak, but. Uh, yeah, so I guess you guys didn't even think about taking a crack at a walker. So um, now again, like we we've seen a little bit of the tease for the uh, logo design. It looks pretty sweet, I'd have to say. Um, do you know when you guys might get some merch out there? Merch is a weird thing. Like you know, giving away stuff easy. Merch we talked about at one point. You know, doing a T-shirt run and a few things like that. Maybe some hats, but. Once you sign the contract with Discovery, they kind of just own you. Oh, okay. So merch is really difficult um, to, to kind of go after. You know, there's the, uh, do you do it? And then maybe you try to sell some stuff under the table or is it better to beg forgiveness and ask permission sort of scenario. But it's always kind of difficult to see new teams being able to sell merch like Malice, Team Malice. You know, they're doing a great job with the swag, with the merch. I don't actually know how they have time to build a robot because it seems like all they're doing is putting out swag <laughs> with, you know, the little foamies and the stickers and the leggings and the hats and the jackets and the dogs and the cats and whatever. Uh, I got, and then not be able to take it. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, like, I, I could send you $20 US. I think that's like 3000 Canadian. Maybe you could send me like 10 shirts. I don't know. I don't know the re- exchange <laughs> rate anymore. <laughs> not quite that. No, that sounds about right. Okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, also now with the team this season, have you, um, we're not going to have anybody playing dress-up as far as the walk-ins are concerned? Nobody's going to be dressed like Satan? Or is that Earl's job? Oh, no, that's Earl's job. All right, sweet. So, Earl, you've got, like, what, a month or so, a month and a half to get a Satan outfit uh, stitched together? Yeah, no problem. All right. <laughs> okay, um... All right, so we actually now, uh, on the topic of walking in and costumes entry, Earl's been working on something for us, really, really something cool that I asked him to put together very early on, and he's been kind of working on it. He sent some updates for us today. I don't want to spoil it because I think it's going to be pretty bloody cool, um, but it's mostly for you know a hero shot and some walking stuff. But uh, I will say there's fire and there's brimstone. Nice. And you just have to kind of tune in to see how that goes. I don't know. He said it's going to be bloody cool. Is that a clue? Or is that just lingo? It's just lingo. He's Canadian. I know, but... <laughs> I'm looking forward to that, then. Let's hope they get I the main battle like, sooner than later. Um, I would ask if there's anybody you're looking forward to fighting, but I know how BattleBots kind of seems to like match those teams up or not match those teams up, but... Um, you know, is yeah. there anybody you're who looking would you abs- No, who would you absolutely hate to go up against? Don't answer that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm, that's that. That was my way of you know. Then you say somebody you want to fight, and then that way we can will it into existence. Yeah, you just go. I wouldn't want a piece of that battle. Hey, I, don't, I don't really know if I have an answer. Yeah, okay. Who would who would you want to fight? I don't know. There's some interesting bots out there. I feel like uh, I don't know. I I, I don't want to answer that. Answer that because you just you got to be prepared to fight everybody. Um, any fight could go you know one way or the other. So I don't think I actually have a particular fight that I'm itching to take. Um, I'm sure we'll see you know some old favorites and some old fights come up again from the past. And I'm sure there's a couple. Um, grudges out there between, you know, which doctor of Opry and what what have you. So I guess we'll see in the end. Um, if I had to pick a robot to fight, it'd probably be Sub-Zero. Um, really only because, you know, I know Logan really well. We've been talking a lot during the offseason. We've been sharing photos of the builds and the designs back and forth and kind of game planning a little bit together on um, parts and how to put things together. So I just think uh, from a friendly point of view, it would be really fun to fight 
Logan than, than Sub-Zero because they're also kind of in a position where they took over, you know, franchise. He uh, took over the, the Sub-Zero franchise from Jerry. So mm-hmm. that's maybe the only thing. Uh, I just think it'd be fun to, you know, go to blows with a friend. Now you're going through and redesigning Red Devil from the ground up. Are, is it going to be like somewhat of a uh, adaptable design? Like, are you going to have different configurations for different opponents, or is it you're just designing this to go against anybody? So originally, we had an idea, uh, or I guess I had an idea of having a little bit of modularity. So the original concept of the design was we had two configurations. We had you know, the, uh, the saws and the claws and, and the kind of configuration everybody knows. And then we had a configuration where the whole front of the robot kind of came off and there was this big old plow slash pitchfork thing that went on the front hmm. to try and, you know, be a spinner killer and, and do, you know, sink tank the damage in that way. Um, and that was the design that was kind of going forward and we had applied with and we were kind of getting ready to build. And then... Um, I had a, I guess I had a stroke or something because I woke up and decided to throw that design in the garbage like, you know, <laughs> a month ago, start from scratch again. Uh, oh, man. So here we are again. Uh, it, it, was, it was an interesting concept. I was working on the design and I was lining up parts and getting all the weights and stuff in order and working on the spreadsheet. I went upstairs, went to bed, and as I put my head against the pillow, I felt like I was struck by inspiration and I saw this new Red Devil in the back of my mind and I thought, you know, that's going to be way cooler we got to build that thing instead. Uh, so the next morning, I think it was Friday night, next morning, Saturday, I, I started up my uh, computer, sat down and started designing the whole thing again from scratch. Um, and I'm still, I'm working on it right now. Actually, <laughs> I'm really? tweaking the weapon system right now in the, in the CAD. Yeah. Huh. Um, so the, with the new kind of direction, it's, it's a one hit, you know, one hit wonder. I know what they want to wish this, but um, it's kind of a universal design. That's kind of, that's where we're going. So, it's designed to kind of take on everybody and uh, take all the damage it needs to. There's going to be a couple little things we can change here and there uh, to give us better ground clearance against a flipper or better um, armor against big spinner. But generally speaking, the main configuration is going to kind of remain the same. Um, one thing I want to do is have a robot that we can very quickly kind of take apart and put back together. Um, so the way we're going is we can swap the whole drive pod uh, be a left or right or what have you, uh, within just a few minutes, right? Uh, so it's the same kind of concept. We have a bunch of different robots held together uh, to a central spine. And this new design is a lot more modular than even the original Red Devil was. Um, you know, I said earlier with the pods are held together by two bolts. They are, but they're all, they're, you know, three quarters of an inch alloy steel shoulder bolts that hold the modules to the main spine of the robot. So uh, two guys with... A couple of wrenches could take the entire tread pot off within five minutes and put a brand new one on, and we can get back in the arena. And so more. we really wanted to hammer home this concept of we can turn this robot around right now, get back in the arena right away, and work on the damage stuff in an hour or two. And most importantly, there's there's a thread lock on those bolts. Yeah, so I went out and I bought a, <laughs> like a gallon bottle of thread locker from one of our local fastener shops. Not, not playing this no thread lock business. We got a bunch of thread locker. We went out and bought a couple of torque wrenches so we can put torque specs on the bolts. Mm. So they make sure that everything stays where they are. Hey, you know, yeah, live and learn, I guess. That's, that's pretty good. I mean, yeah, I, I know like it's some, it sometimes seems like not always, but a, a lot of the losses sometimes seem like it was just because they, there just wasn't enough time to get that the bot back into shape for the next match. So I got to imagine that, uh, you know, making that easy for everybody to, like, you know, take it apart and put back together really quick is something that's, you know, obviously beneficial as far as, you know, conducive to winning. I'm sure that's some reason that, like, I'm sure it's one of the many, many reasons that Paul's team does so successful is that they're able to get that thing taken apart and put back together in no time. Comparative to some other. Oh, 100%. 100%. So. And that's kind of what we want to do. We don't want to um, be troubleshooting a robot on the way into the battle box. You know, if we come back out from a fight or something's behaving strange in the test box, you know, if one of the tread pods or one of the uh, drive pods rather is being kind of finicky, the weapon pods finicky, we really just want to be able to swap it out for one that works mm-hmm. and then just be ready to rock and roll and work on the other one when we have time. That makes sense. So 
Now, have you kind of sorted out the uh, team roles for everybody? I know we said um, Earl's kind of be doing triage, but do we already have like you know who the driver, weapon operator are going to be, or is that something that you're still sorting out? Uh, no, I think we have a pretty good idea. Uh, the exact roles, I think we'll have to tweak a little bit to see where everyone's um, you know particular skill set lies as we start getting an operational robot. Uh, we should have everything you know sort of driving by the end of this week. I think it's sort of the plan, but. You know, Red Devil took two people to operate. Mm -hmm. um, Golden Dragon took five people to operate. Holy uh, so we split down the middle. This new Red Devil is going to take three people to drive. Okay. So we're going to get, we have four people on the team and the pit crew with us. We're going to put three people on the controls and we're going to have somebody running the, uh, the hazards for us. So everyone's going to have a pretty integral role in helping us win our match. Uh, so we have two weapon operators and a driver. Ah, interesting. Now, um, and you may not know this yet, and I'm sure nobody's going to want us to uh, spoil this yet, but is there a possibility of new hazards in the arena this season? Is that the best way to put this without trying to spoil it? Sure. <laughs> I sure hope so. Okay. Was that hopeful and reassuring? <laughs> I, I, just, I didn't know if, you know, some teams it kind of seems like they're down for as many hazards as possible. And there's other teams that are like, yeah, let's just let the, you know, the bots and the drivers figure this out. So I didn't know exactly where you guys fell on that matter. And then there's other ones that just want a flat floor. Yeah. I mean, the floor, the floor is a hazard in itself. There's, there's no joke. You know, there's a reason why we have, if this new design has so much bloody ground appearance, cut the floor sucks, but we're told we're getting a new floor. If we get new hazards, I think that'd be pretty cool. Uh, the ones we have now are pretty classic, and I think everyone knows more or less how to navigate them. Um, they throw us a bone sometimes uh, by reversing the screws, but if your name's Al Kindle, then they don't. So <laughs> it's one way or the other. <laughs> now, Earl, uh, if you with, could... With our particular robot and our particular design, I think the hazards work to our favor. Generally speaking, I'm a purist. And I'm, I'm a kind of, you know, no hazards, um, you know, just a box sort of deal, but in this setting i think the hazards really do add to the theater of the show and they do help with our robots specifically you know we can break people through the kill cells and the this and the that and the hammers so I, i'm for hazards i'd like to see a new hazard um nothing that comes out of the floor because there's enough problems with the floor we don't need crap you know shooting out of the floor and getting robots caught up and you know that sort of thing um if i had to pick a new hazard i'd say we need something more active than the screws. The screws are too much of a match deciding hazard. It needs to be a little bit, a little bit less match deciding. And if you're going to make them reversible, then thank God, make them reversible. Use it every time. What about you, Earl? What kind of a uh, new hazard would you bring to the arena? Lava pits. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> What's that? I was rooting for Lava Pit, but I think that might be a little too destructive. As a guy with V-treads, a guy with V-treads, I'd say Sand Pit. But. <laughs> yeah, like that? No, I'm, I'm not for the all-terrain. I'm not part of that crew. <laughs> right. we I asked, don't agree with all-terrain battle dogs. We asked Huge, and they just said make more hills, and we don't understand why. Yeah, if it was all-terrain, I imagine it might be Bale Spear and Huge in the finals. So I think that would be perfect. <laughs> Maybe a side of Yeti. Who knows? Um, so let's see. Now, Earl, I had one more question about Robot Ruckus. Uh, in the heavyweight division, we got down to, I guess, a final three before they had to call it because of uh, you know the you arena was compromised. That, P one was also in the finals. I said three. I said three. Boom. Because <laughs> uh, one team had already been eliminated. Um, oh, anywho. that's true. They did call uh, Krusty Grab the winner of that fight. So we had Krusty Grab. Um, Gruff. Gruff and P1 left. Who do you think, in your opinion, was going to win that tournament had it gone on? Not P1. Not P1? Uh, <laughs> no, probably. <laughs> Thanks. I would probably say Gruff, just for, it's his box, it's his own turf. He's got way more time on that style of bot driving than the Krusty Grab. The Krusty Grab, yeah, it whooped me, no arguments. Uh, it also hit me late after uh, I tried to tap out, but, uh, you know, there's no button, so I don't blame him there. Um, I, I would say Gruff, just for just for he's been driving that bot for years. 
He's skilled. He has kicked my butt every time I fought him. I mean, he, he's he's just good with that robot. Yeah, it's, considering the buzzer was Brian's mouth at that tournament, I, yeah. I can understand why it might have gotten a late hit in. Uh, and when and like when that when bot is like literally ripping in half, the crowd is very loud, and nobody's going to hear me. So, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I tend to agree though. I was I, I assumed Gruff was going to win that, so I gave them one of those little uh, winner plaques or whatever they were, the keychains, <laughs> so. the pogs. Yeah, yeah. Did you get one of those? I did, I did. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, because I, I had a whole box of them just sitting in front of me towards the end of the night, and I'm like, I should just start passing these out. So basically, I was just like, here, you get one, you get one, here, yeah, take I guess, two. I guess the plan was to give those to people that won their fights, and that was not relayed to us. Well, there was like 600 yeah. in that thing, so I don't know. <laughs> I just, it was, they didn't tell you that you had to hand out pogs or whatever? No. Nope. Those, no, pogs just, are graciously, those pogs are graciously donated by Alex Grant of <laughs> Printed Solid. <laughs> Darn. Yeah, I took I, I I took one for Brian and myself, and then I think yeah, on. we were winners. I went and hung out. I I handed them out to pretty much anybody that was in the final four, and then just sort of walked around giving them out. Yeah, you were just giving them ever. Yeah, you're giving them out the to end. anybody that was still there. I'm like, here you go, axe backward. Enjoy. Take six of these. Uh, <laughs> yeah, funny story because his bot wasn't working is the reason I fought Krusty Grab. Oh, huh. so he I was to supposed blame. to be lined up. No, I'm to blame for crappy welds and poor material <laughs> choice. But <laughs> um, he was—he, I was supposed to fight him. I was lined up ready to fight him. He wasn't ready. So they're like, oh, you want to fight? Yeah, yeah, I'll fight him. Heck with it. Sure. Uh, man, should I, say, should I learn to say no once in a while? Yeah, famous last words, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I, I also famous got last the, words. Sure, I'll do it. I also got to hold Fister Roboto, so that was kind of a kick too. Appreciated that. Um, <laughs> so um, now. Earl, I guess uh, since we've... Do you already have uh, most of your sponsors lined up for this season already? Thank you. Yeah, Not we did Earl, Robbie, yeah. Yeah, the team did a fantastic job of sponsors this year. Uh, we're we're flush right now. We have our five title sponsors. Oops, oops, almost dropped some. We have five title sponsors, and uh, this year they're, they're amazing. They're killing it. Uh, we were lucky enough this year we pulled some amazing, amazing companies uh, to bring under the team. Nice. You okay. can plug them if you want. But yeah, let me just let you guys do your thing. Uh, we have returning with us. We have Dem Tool. Uh, it's a machine shop here in Kitchener, Waterloo, um, uh, the Kitchener Waterloo area. They do machining, they do welding, they do powder coating, they do laser cutting. They're one of the best machine shops I've ever worked with. Um, uh, they knock a lot of b- bigger shops out of the park. Um, you know, Big Blue Saw. You guys got nothing on Dem Tool, honestly. Um, they are ready to work with us at a moment's notice. I threw them some really difficult parts this year with the Red Devil rebuild. You know, we asked them to form a bunch of AR-400 for us, and uh, they managed to do it with really no sweat off their back. They managed to turn around the parts within a few days for us. Um, I think they ended up putting in something like 90 tons of force to bend these parts, and, you know, they were over the moon to see them turn out the way they did. Uh, We threw them a couple complicated machining parts, and... They say, yeah, no problem. We'll get it done for you, and we're picking them up, you know, in a day or so from now. So, they are one of our biggest supporters. They help us out with our smaller robots and our larger robots, and you know, we can't possibly take on a job like this without them. Um, the parts are so clean; we don't have to spend a lot of time in the shop cleaning them up. We have um, Garage Smart joining us again this year. Garage Smart Technologies. Uh, they make smart home and smart garage appliances. You may know them from my lifter days when they have the uh, the smart little crane system that picks up the, the bed of your Jeep or your canoe or your kayak or what have you. And they have a bunch of different modules that you can start to output your garage with. So they're on board this year. They're actually providing, uh, putting up a lot of the red devil parts. Nice. I'm sure you can see a natural connection with that company and, you know, the parts that kind of came forward. Oh yeah. Uh, we have Avidbots Corp joining us. Avidbots is a, another tech company. They're based in uh, Kitchener, Ontario. They make uh, giant floor cleaning robots. So these robots are like, the size of, um, you know, a small car almost. And they clean, you know, airports around the world and universities and, you know, convention centers and uh, scrub the floors and clean stuff up and clean hospitals around the world. So uh, Albert Boss has joined the team. They're helping us out uh, in a few different spots this year. And uh, they're actually, you know, getting us a big crate and a bunch of other stuff to make the robot happen. So Albert Boss is fantastic. Um, we also have Lennox Tools, which I alluded to earlier. Yeah. That was kind of a hard... Um, 
thought one for us because we were talking about what kind of saw blade should we do this year. We really want something big. You know, we were looking at the prices of these things and these big demo blades are like $400, $500. And we're thinking we can't afford to, you know, equip the robot with these things because we anticipate having to go through one blade every fight. So we kind of reached out to a couple of these manufacturers and uh, it became very apparent very quickly that Lennox had the best manufacturing system uh, out there. They had the best product out there. They had the most um, reasonable product out there when it came to speeds and speeds and, you know, the sort of thing we needed to design to the robots. So mm-hmm. we called them up and uh, they joined the team. They're uh, providing us with, us with all the blades we need this year. So we're super happy to have Lennox on board. Uh, they were actually the company we wanted from the start because their blades cut through, like I said, structural steel on the daily. Uh, so we've got a whole bunch of different types of blades from them that we're going to try and uh, match to our opponents. So if nice. we're taking somebody like uh, Huge, you know, we've got a blade designed to kill Huges. If we're up against, you know, a full titanium type of robot like uh, Hydra, you know, we have a blade designed to kill Hydra. So that's really part of the robot this year. We have the robot kind of designed to match the speeds and feeds from Lennox. We sat down with one of their um, product application specialists and really figured out how much downforce we needed and what kind of RPM and what kind of horsepower we needed to put behind these blades in order to maximize our kill time. Um, you know, we also have uh, Neutron Electronics joining the team as a sponsor. Neutron Electronics is an electronic shop located in Guelph. Um, to be honest with you, Todd's amazing and he loves the show and he really wants to support the team. So we partner with him. Uh, he's providing a lot of our electronics hardware, all of our wiring, all of our connectors, uh, he retails for Wear Tools and Fluke Multimeters, so he's providing us with a lot of the controls and hardware and stuff we need to actually build the robot, test the robot, and fix the robot. And uh, he just loves the whole robot steel. He loves BattleBots, watches it with his kids. So we're really happy to have our sponsors on board, uh, everyone from Neutron Electronics, Lennox Tools, AvidBots, Corp, uh, Garage Smart Technologies, and uh, Dem Tools. So with all these guys under our belt, you know, we're, we're doing a really killer job getting this robot built because I don't have the kind of pocketbook to build a, a robot like Red Devil. Taking on the Red Devil franchise is bittersweet. It's a cool robot. There's lots of potential. But Jerome's insane, and he builds ridiculously designed robots. It's really yeah. hard to kind of live <laughs> up to that. Hey, sometimes simpler so I'm really is better. grateful for our sponsors this year. So now I'm intrigued. You said that um, you know Linux has got you a lot of different uh, blades this season You know for different bots. Um, is there going to be any... Uh, is there going to be any uh, naming of these different blades? Like I know um, Valkyrie kind of has different names for some of their blades on their bot. So is there going to be any kind of like the huge killer or the, uh, you know, the Texas twister destruct? I don't freaking know. Yeah. But uh, any thought into naming any of these? You know, I haven't thought about that. Hmm. Maybe. Well, I'll throw it to the team. Maybe we'll do some polls online. Yeah, see what uh, kind of comes out of that. Maybe the one that you use for huge, you nickname it Tiny. Well, Tiny. <laughs> if anybody's got some good names for uh, different weapons on their bot, it's Earl. So, I mean, you can there, there's a great resource for you right there. He's the Earl. Of there you go, Earl. You got a new job. There <laughs> right, we go. There we go. All uh, right. So, a couple of weeks ago, when we were talking to Julia, they're obviously. Canadian and they were coming down here for Motorama and they were talking about one of their rituals is going to KFC. Now, Earl, you said you're going to Canada in a couple of weeks to help help out with uh, Red Devil putting it together and everything. What is what's a, one of your rituals when you go up to Canada? Something you get up there that you can't get down here? Well, Tim Hortons. I've only been to Canada one time before, and that was bear hunting. So. A uh, li- little different area. I, I was going to say, you're not getting Tim Hortons if you're hunting bears. Yeah, they, there was like nothing where I was. Like I had to go to the top of a mountain once a week or once every day to start for my cell phone to get any service and see anything. So I'm actually interested to go to Canada and see a more populated area and see what I can see. I was going to say free health care, but then we were going to get political there. So I did. Um, <laughs> now, Ravi, same question. When you come to the States, what's something, what's maybe a ritual you, uh, like when you go out to BattleBots, what's something you can get there that you can't get in Canada? Expensive. Well, it's not KFC. <laughs> hey, KFC is delicious. I'm not, the no, reason- we actually, we managed to get the KFC this year. We did not go to the KFC buffet, thank God. 
Oh, oh. I'm so disappointed to hear that. <laughs> oh, it was fantastic. We drove right past it. Antoine was really torn. You know, I think I saw a tear roll down his cheek as we rolled. Um, Next time we talk to them, it. we're going to have to we give them grief. We were promised a KFC <laughs> challenge. So where did you no, guys no, stop they, instead? They rolled. Yeah, where did you guys go uh, to what instead? What do I look forward to when I go to States? Um, oh, man, I don't, I don't know. Um, I try not to get, you know, shocked. That's, that's the thing. Um, yeah, you know, especially in Long Beach. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. I was we. I was kind of stoked. I, know, I was gonna. That's true. It's not like he was in, you know, Uganda or anything like that. So it's pretty much same, same stuff. But yeah, yeah. I was. I'm disappointed. I was going to ask who put away the most KFC at the buffet, but uh, don't get to ask that this year. Oh, um, I'm so, so disappointed. I guess. To, um, before we get into any more goofy questions, where can we find you guys on social media to follow the team this season? Uh, so we do have our Facebook page. We get a lot of stuff. You know, we have uh, uh, Red Devil BattleBot on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have All Block Robotics BattleBots on Facebook. We are on Twitter under um, the handle All Black. Um, and then we just restarted our Instagram uh, account. Um, I was talking with Julia from Curiosity recently, and she said, that she's getting a lot better engagement with the community on Instagram, hmm. uh, which was very much counter to my experience with Instagram back in season two. So we restarted the Instagram account. We just started posting it. Um, uh, and the handle there is just Red Devil BattleBot. Um, and then, of course, you know, we're on Discord every now and then. And, you know, we hit up Reddit pretty much on the daily to reach for the posts. And I love reading all the quirky theories on Reddit. And I, I love hearing all the discussion that happens on uh, Discord as well. So we're... Uh, reachable on pretty much every other platform out there, and you'll see a lot of uh, more stuff kind of coming out as the robot comes together, and as we're sort of ready to reveal things um, as things come along. We're a little slow to roll on the reveal of the design, um, mm-hmm. mostly because I kind of like, personally, I like the mystery of sending out little photos, and every now and then I'll send out a special photo on Reddit, or I'll send out a special photo on Discord, or I'll, I'll send something to a fan on um, Facebook or Twitter, and I just, I like to play that game and see the puzzle pieces come together. So someone out there, you know, there's four other people with elements of the design. If you can find those people from Discord or Reddit or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, eventually you guys can figure out what we're building here. <laughs> <laughs> but then we'd have to filter through like pages and pages and pages of probably false flags from people like, oh, I bet it's going to be a full body spinner. So, uh, but you know, yeah. If it's out there, you can find it, I guess. So now, Earl, um, are we going to have any more updates from uh, the Forge and Farm or the Bale Spear pages on Facebook? Just letting us know if you're going to be fighting anywhere in the coming seasons. As always, I put all my stuff on the Forge and Farm for uh, all the uh, motoramas. Anywhere else I go, actually, I'm starting a little project now. I need to, uh, I need to excavate the crawl space that I can only access from inside my basement. So I'm actually ripping ripping down my old robot um, aggressive and turning it into a front end loader, so I can run this <laughs> thing with a with a first person view camera. <laughs> yeah, that's why you need a farmer on your team, right, right there. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I'm too fat to fit in my in my crawl space, so I got to get a robot to do it for me. So, <laughs> hey, if you can do it, Godspeed, man. To be fair, not a lot of Isn't people fit American those crawl spaces right there. What, getting robots to do all our work for us? Yeah, we all we we grew up with the Jetsons on TV, and that's what we've been waiting for life to be like for like three decades now. So yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. All right, I've got a couple of uh, I have a d- couple of dumb hypothetical questions, and I'll let you guys get back to work. Um, let's see here. My first one I had was um, let's see here. If in this coming season of BattleBots. You lose every match but one, but that one match is Bite Force's only loss of the season. Would you take that? Oh, heck yeah. All right. Earl, what about you? If we come up against Bite Force or Tombstone or, uh, you know, some of those robots that have been doing some all-death roll, and I'm sorry, guys, I love you, but if we have the opportunity, we're just going to keep going until there's nothing left. 
you're really not playing your A game and you let it cut on you, somebody's going to have to get punished this year. And if we have to dole out the punishment, that's going to be us. I'm sorry. Fair enough. I hear you. Yeah, I mean, that's in a way that's probably, you know, outside of winning the championship, probably the next best thing, I says, because, uh, hell, it, it, right now, like, Chomp is still, like, the uh, only one that can say, hey, we've taken down Bite Force in this tournament. So, you know, that's that's a lot to hang your hat on. What about you, Earl? Would you take that? Um, I, It's hard for me to say because I don't have a bot in a fight for say. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I am on a team, but it's not my you know, blood, sweat, tears, and money as much as it is everybody else's. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'd rather have more than one win than the only win to be against Bite Force. All right. It's fair enough. Varying uh, degree. Okay. Um, my next hypothetical here, your ex-girlfriend wants to join the team. Um, let's say somebody from college. Having her on the team guarantees you a spot in the final eight. <laughs> However, everybody knows that the two of you used to date. That's where you can draw the line, though. Everything ended amicably. Would you hire that person onto your team? We're all married here. so My girlfriend girlfriend from college wants to be on the team. And Mm -hmm. if I allow that to happen, he gets into the top eight. Somehow, yeah. It's a deal with the devil. (laughs) I mean, mean, I'll take that. That's just my wife anyway, so sure. Oh, okay. Well, I, was, I was trying to make it somebody besides the wife, but yeah, it just I was going to say, is it worth dealing with the uncomfortable conversation with your wife to make the final eight? You can no, just... you know, I'm, I'm pretty particular on who I ask to join the team. I like to try and do, uh, you know, an alliance of teams. So, uh, you know, team you know, Lycan or Team Red Devil is really an amalgamation of different teams and different people in the sport. And I like to think that, in order to be part of the team, you kind of have to earn that spot by being part of the community and fighting you know, robots and being part of the team uh, out there, helping people fix robots, uh, mentoring new teams. I think the community is so much more than the individual parts and people who really express that in how they operate their own team uh, uh-huh. are people that I think we can be successful with. So from my stance, there there is a little bit of a criteria for it. And I feel a little weird saying that, but... If you're a staple of the community and you, you're not just somebody in it because you want to break somebody else's robot and you're in it because you have a connection to the community and you have the heart to give back and you know be part of that, then that, to me, is exemplary behavior that uh, makes sure that the sport will always move forward and that the newcomers to the sport will always have a soft landing pad um, when you're being part of it. And because of that, you perhaps deserve to be on the grand stage a little bit. And, of course... You have to have a little bit of skill in the pits and the land the robot to build the robot and that sort of thing. So, uh, if even if that was the case, I don't think I do the deal that deal with the devil. Understood. And you wouldn't get shit from your wife, so you know, win win, I guess. <laughs> no, but yeah, you you've always struck me as one of the more uh, you know ones with the integrity in this sport. I mean, most of, most everybody is, but you know, I mean, I'd, I I can say that from the outside. Like, sure, I'd do it if she all she's doing is holding a flag or something like that. But yeah, I understand. Um, all right. And then the final one, now that actually gives me a side question here, but I'll do the last one here. Um, all right. Red devil can win the entire thing, but you're not allowed to participate in or ever view any of the matches. Would you take that? So they win the championship, but Ravi can never watch any of the matches or participate in them. So would you take mm. a championship? Uh, no, you actually are sitting somewhere with blinders on and can never see any of the match. Basically, you just you're you're not you're not allowed to witness any of the victories. But Red Devil Ooh. wins it all. Would you take that, or is the desire to be a part of it more special to you than winning a championship would be? Because that's kind of how it would be with me. Can my team participate? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody but you can participate. Yeah, I'll take it. All right. Earl, what if, if Bale Spear won it all, but you couldn't bear witness to any of it, would you do that? Yeah, it'd be like sending my kid off to do something. There you go. Coming home with a championship, you know. All right. I'm a selfish I prick. I, you know. <laughs> but I hear you. 
No, you, I mean, yeah, especially, you know, you have a kid. I, I can see that, you know, having like a sort of a pass it along thing. I'm sure a lot of these people that in the sport that have, you know, kids involved with it and what have you would uh, gladly like do that to have their son or daughter take over. So that's cool. Um, one final question here. I guess this isn't really hypothetical. This is just more about the sport in general, but we kind of talking about the integrity of the sport, we kind of get into an unwritten rule about um, when a bot gets stuck. And, you know, especially like when we were at Robot Ruckus, if a bot got stuck, the other team kind of tried to help him out, give him a nudge, jar him loose, get him going again. We've kind of been told that like, you know, the first half of the match in battle bots, yeah, you, you know, you try to get the other team unstuck. After that, you're sort of on your own. What is you guys' um, thoughts on that? Because we even had, towards the end of the season, I think it was Breaker Box and Hypershock, where Hypershock got stuck a couple of times, and Breaker Box, knowing they were probably going to lose the match, still knocked them loose in a good display of sportsmanship. So what's your feeling on that? Is there sort of an unwritten rule on that, or is it just kind of common knowledge? What's the deal with it? Um, my stance, Battlebots is a little different. You know, the, these smaller home, home leagues like Motorama and Ruckus, um, it's good sportsmanship to free the other guy. And I'll do that, you know, nine times out of ten, unless we're talking about a finals match. Battlebots is a different story. Um, there's a lot more riding on the win and the loss than I think simple nudge allows for. So, you know, if we're, if we're in a fight and, you know, it's 10 seconds in and the guy's belly up, then we'll probably just go in and try and saw through the belly pan instead of self-lighting yeah. or, or helping the team back on their feet just because it's, it is a pure competition and there are bragging rights. There is prize money. There is, you know, doing our sponsors proud. There is a whole fandom behind it. And uh, I would almost say in that light, when you look at the fans, it's almost more of a letdown or disappointment to the fans to do that than it is to capitalize and take the win. It's it's kind of a weird thing, you know. You want to be sportsmanship, but also you don't want to disappoint those kids who are rooting for your robot back home watching TV. Mm-hmm. It's it's a bittersweet one, I think. Yeah, I mean, we we had some extremes last season too. There was a couple of times where Bot just sort of flipped over, kind of did a turtle thing, like twenty seconds in, and the opponent just sort of left him to die. Uh, but then we had other ones like Breaker Box, who you know jarred Hypershock loose. I kind of figured the the answer is somewhere in between. It's really a gray area, so I wasn't sure. What Earl? What's your thought on that? Typically, yeah, yeah, assuming this is, I have my own robot because that's you know, I, I it would definitely be a case by case. Definitely, you get into the tournament side. Yeah, no, sorry, you're, if you're stuck, you're stuck, mm-hmm. right? If, you, if you're in a bracket style tournament at that point, you don't have you know. I would say if I was in the in the first four qualifier matches, I would if like like you said, I, if it's beginning of the match, just knock them. You know, they just got undone. They they, they take that all into account for the judging mm-hmm. because it's not just the win; it's also the quality of your win. Huh. Okay. Did not right? know that. Or, uh, you know, that's what they say. I mean, they don't show you the numbers, but that's my understanding of it. That's cool. That's it's good to know too because yeah you kind of want to think that too like hey I they wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me nudging them loose so maybe give me the benefit of the doubt if everything else is equal so now I don't want I'm also some, oh, sorry oh, no, go, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, all, I'm also somebody that laughs as I get destroyed and lose so <laughs> you got to look at it from my point of view <laughs> yeah it's a it's a laid it's it's probably much more laid back from you than it is say maybe uh, you know Paul out there looking for another undefeated season so. Now, got, well, I just I don't want to end on such a serious topic. I want to get into this food question. Like the you know we already know you guys' opinions on hot dogs and how they are definitely sandwiches, right? I have I have one actually. Okay. Um. All right. I, I'll have to explain this to Robbie here in uh, here in the United States. We sentence people to death often. So, and one of the. <laughs> Man, you this know. just went dark. We have the death penalty. <laughs> I just said I didn't want to end this on such a serious note. All right, so it's okay, going to get less serious, though. Capital punishment. Let's nah. go ahead. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, especially in Texas, there's like a express lane. But anyway, um, you're, everybody's given a last meal before they're uh, sent to die. I, I don't want to say you're going to die, but like basically, what would your last meal oh, be? Boy. Period. Like if it was, I don't know, if you were undergoing a who the hell knows colonoscopy the next day, just. <laughs> What's your go-to meal if you're just like, that's it. This is going to be my end all. What is you guys' go-to meal? Doesn't I guess we'll just take out the death penalty part. Can we, uh, hold on. Let's just, uh, let's Canadianize this a little bit. Okay. You're 90 years old. You're on your deathbed. Your family surrounds you. Your loved ones are holding your hand and looking to your eyes and seeing your sweet goodbyes. And they ask, what do you want before you go? If it's nearly your time, what meal do you request? That's good. I like that. That's a happy ending. And the healthcare is free because it's Canada. <laughs> so you go peacefully. Yeah. So, Earl, uh, what are you ordering? Me, uh, Fogo de Chao, um, Brazilian steakhouse. Ooh. <laughs> and that's, a, that's a good one. I thought you were going to say pork roll. No, that's that's a good breakfast food, but that's not how I want to go out. Send me out with a good steak, a bacon wrap fillet, or something. You know, hell, you, you get that chip there at Fogo de Chao too. That basically just says, "Bring my ass more meat." Oh it's yeah, fantastic. That, that's you got to really think how you word that. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I love that place. Yeah, I mean, that's one of my. Uh, I keep trying to angle that for like one of my uh, meals when we go to Orlando, but my wife just keeps like, nah, she doesn't want to eat that much when she's running half marathons the next day. I imagine that's a bad combo. Um, Ravi, what about I you? Know. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> All right, Ravi, what's your uh, what's your last meal there? I want to know what you guys are going to order. I think I know what mine is, but I'm curious. What what's uh, what's on your menu? Oh, my menu? Uh, I'd probably say a barbecue chicken pizza. And I'm not really picky about where it's from. I just love pizza. I just would, I'd be happy with a good T-bone, mashed potatoes, and just a boatload of bread. Because I'm not going to have to worry about carbs anymore. Oh, yeah, he's a bread guy. So those are our two fairly uninteresting ones. How about yourself? Uh, I can't say my answer is any more interesting. I would go for a good breakfast platter. Uh, eggs, you know, bacon, maybe some Polish sausage, toast, you know, hash browns, potatoes, coffee, orange juice. Uh, I, I, I'm a breakfast guy. My wife and I, we go for breakfast once a weekend to a nice diner. You know, it's kind of our thing. We did breakfast for dinner at our wedding. And if I'm going out tomorrow, I want to do it with a belly full of eggs and bacon. Breakfast is so good. I love breakfast. He had breakfast for dinner. I didn't know that was an option. Or I would have done that. Breakfast for dinner at my I'm wedding. Li- I'm a little jealous of that now. Oh, my God. Could have had like an egg bar, bacon bar, just <laughs> biscuits. Yeah, uh, we had a waffle bar, man. Just, oh. Get out. The, nobody oh, presented this to me as an option at all. All I requested was mac and cheese, but I could have I asked for a waffle bar. Oh, Yeah, you just could have asked real nice. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I was told. I might have like, gotten that. I was told chicken or fish, and I think maybe steak. That was it. <laughs> Probably not even. Uh, yeah, was, I mean, but it was. Oh well. Yeah, I I did not know that was an option. Look, Robbie's just turning this on its head. We I needed to know these things before I got married. So <laughs> well, Robbie Earl, it was great having you guys on. Uh, BattleBots is filming soon in April. Um, really wanted to try to uh, if they would just give us more notice, we could do some more planning. I know I'm going to be last minute decision on that. I don't know, but. Uh, Yeah, best of luck to you guys. I'm sure I'll talk to you before then, but uh, good luck and have fun on your trip, too. And um, again, check these guys out. Uh, Red Devil on Facebook and Instagram. So Red Devil Robotics. What is it then? Red Devil Battle. Red Devil Battle. On Instagram. All right, cool. Put that that in the Google. You'll find your way to it eventually. Exactly. (laughs) All right. All right, guys, it was great having you on. All right. Thanks, guys. Good luck. Hey, always a pleasure. If you guys find your way down to L.A. during filming, give us a ring. You know, uh, we'll see what we can do. And uh, I I really, I I hear you when you say you just want more time. We're in the same boat. This is the worst schedule we've ever had for BattleBots. We've got no time to do anything. But if you find yourselves down there, um, let us know. Absolutely. I know. Yes. I'm thinking long and hard about it. So, <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. 
Yep. yep. <laughs> Music for the Breaking Bots podcast is courtesy of Dan Moriarty and his band A Troop of Echoes, available on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Music. You can also check out his website, a troop of echoes, all one word, dot bandcamp.com. <laughs>